Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, and welcome back to Zorkcast. This is Michael, and today we're going to talk about casino VIP lounge access. Should it be free? with free in quotations. Well, there's been lots of talk recently about the changes in the Total Rewards Loyalty Program for 2018. We just recently had a very good article on Travelzork about a number of those changes for 2018. And one of the changes that was announced prior to some of the other significant changes for 2018 was that Caesars would now be charging the vast majority of Diamond Total Rewards members for lounge access. What does that actually mean? Well, casino lounge access is something you get access to when you reach a certain level in a casino VIP program. In total, For the Total Rewards program, you need to reach the diamond level. And I'm not going to go into all the specifics of the level because this is more of a general conversation about casino lounge access. Now, for a long time, once you became a Total Rewards Diamond member, and that membership would be good for usually more than a year, depending on when you qualified, you would gain access to diamond lounges. Now, these lounges offered some food and beverage, alcoholic alcoholic beverages, which is usually one of the most important perks for people, and also some food offerings. Now, what's interesting is that you would attain diamond status and get access to diamond lounges uh, without having to pay anything. Of course, there have been some exceptions in the Caesars system. For quite a few years, Caesars has actually been charging lounge access in Atlantic City. And that's been, that's been definitely going on for a couple of years. And you basically needed to use your reward credits or a thousand reward credits that you would earn from gambling to access the lounge. And it would be a thousand credits for yourself as well as the companion that was accessing the lounge with you. Now, in Atlantic City, this has been relatively consistent with most of the VIP status levels, including Borgata, which has the Amphora Lounge, though Borgata recently increased the price for lounge access to $12.50. And it there, there haven't been that many complaints since it happened years ago because most people feel they're getting decent value for accessing the VIP lounges and they're, they feel they're getting more value than the, than the $10 that they're paying. But in other markets such as Las Vegas, the diamond lounges you could just access by showing your diamond card and you, you and a guest would get access to the lounge. Now, there are some significant differences between the diamond lounges in Las Vegas and Atlantic City. A big part of that involves food, the food offerings at the lounges. And they're, they've always been significantly 
more in Atlantic City, which brings us back to that value equation. Whereas in Las Vegas, there was very limited food offered at the lounges, and lounges usually only offered the food for a couple of hours. One of the interesting things about, and I don't think a lot of people have discussed this, one of the nicest things about having access to something like a Diamond Lounge especially in Las Vegas, is it would be somewhere you could go and briefly take a break from gambling and grab a drink, or it might even be a coffee and just relax, maybe read, you know, check out your social media, read, read an email or something and, you know, be in there for 15 or 20 minutes and leave, go back, gamble, do something else, and then come back to the lounge again a couple hours later, because you basically had in and out access. And I think this is a relatively significant point because now that Caesars is going to be charging you a thousand reward credits or $10 to access the lounge, you're really going to have to decide, do I want to use these reward credits to access the lounge? How long will I be in the lounge? What kind of value will I be getting from, from accessing the lounge? Will it be $10 worth of value? Or if I was just going to go in to get a cup of coffee and a sparkling water, maybe I would be better off just going to Starbucks and doing the same thing since it's going to cost me $10. Uh, so that's, uh, that can, that can significantly change the way you access lounges. And this is a similar thing that happened at Mohegan Sun when they changed their lounge access policy. Now, it's important to note that this doesn't impact all total rewards diamond members, because if you do earn significantly more than the 15,000 tier credits, that's 25,000 tier credits in a year, then you once again get the unlimited lounge access. But of course, most people, when they were qualifying for their status in 2017, especially if they were mostly people who traveled to Vegas, were under the impression that, you know, as long as they qualified or requalified for status, they would still have access to the lounges. And that is, that is a, that is a significant problem when these devaluations are mentioned or noted late in the year, because most people have requalified at that point or made decisions to do something which might give them Caesars lounge access, like, uh, you know, deciding to renew their founders card membership because there's a good chance that they'll also renew with Caesars and they'll get access to the diamond lounges. Now, one of my big pet peeves about the diamond lounges specifically for Caesars in Las Vegas are the hours because I've always found the hours to be very very limited. And one of the best benefits of a lounge, in my personal opinion, is to be able to access that lounge for breakfast or for coffee or espresso or cappuccino, because that can be a real cost savings. And also, it's a nice environment to go grab a couple cups of coffee and start your day. And that's one thing that I always thought was great about Mohegan Sun, because their lounges have relatively long operating hours. In other words, as far off the top of my head, there's always a Mohegan Sun lounge, which is open at seven o'clock in the morning. So it's a great place to go grab a coffee 
coffee or grab a coffee and have a cigar and start your day. So I would, I would hope that, you know, with these changes in Las Vegas, not only will there be more value from the lounges, but they will also extend the access hours for the lounges, especially now that a significant number of people will have to be paying the equivalent of $10 for the lounge access. Now, the other side of this, and you wonder, like, why are they why are they doing this? And I always I do a little bit of a comparison sometimes because I spend a lot of time speaking to friends about airline lounges in comparison to casino lounges. Well, with an airline lounge, you know, in most cases, you have to be flying to access the lounge. You can't just swing by the airport and go in the lounge for a drink, though that would probably not be relatively convenient for a lot of people. But the the issue with casino lounges, and I, I know that this is what, you know, Caesars Entertainment is thinking about, is that these, you know, people can swing by these lounges just for a quick drink or some food and not necessarily be gambling at their property on that day. So that is that is something, you know, that you you try to think about what their mindset is on that. But of course, you have qualified for that access. But it is a lot different than the way the airlines often look at things. Because you, in most cases, and there are exceptions to some of this, but in most cases for airline lounges, when you have access to the lounge, you must also have a boarding pass and a flight on that day of travel. So I'm hoping that there will be more value from, you know, these these lounges, especially in Las Vegas, now that they will be charging, That now that they'll be charging for it. I was also thinking that, you know, perhaps Caesars might have taken a different approach to how they were going to allow people to access the lounge. I mean, a few things that I think would be really nice is that when you access the lounge, you only have to pay once and you can access it, you know, more than one time in a given day. That might solve a little bit of my in and out problem with regard to visiting a lounge for a quick drink and then maybe visiting a few hours later. The other idea that is sort of interesting is that Mohegan Sun went to a choice credits system for their lounges, which it's simplistically, basically, they created another type of comp bucket. We say, what is a comp bucket? Well, you have, you know, different types of different types of points that you get for comps. Most in most systems like total rewards, you have reward credits, and that is the currency of total rewards. And in the case of the lounges, we're talking about a thousand tier a thousand reward credits equals ten dollars and gets you access to the lounge. Well at Mohegan Sun you also earn you also earn momentum dollars and their system's a little bit easier because each you know whereas Caesars a thousand reward credits is ten dollars at Mohegan, one momentum dollar is exactly one dollar, which I happen to like that system a lot because it's extremely seamless and easy to understand. But they also decided to give you choice credits. And every month you got a certain number of choice credits and you could use those choice credits for lounge access. Now, that is a little bit more complicated of a system. But what I liked about that, especially 
as a as a middle position is that you know in the case like we're talking about diamond members if you got a certain amount of access to the lounges every month that did not come out of your reward credits that might be a nice way to restrict access so maybe you know diamond regular diamond members can have five visits to a lounge every month and that resets every month so it's sort of a middle position where you can't, you know, go to the lounge too often or or go to the lounge more often than Caesars thinks that you should based on the amount of play you're giving them. But at least you don't need to use your reward credits and it, it limits it but necessarily doesn't punish you. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Another episode that I'll be doing soon is just talking about this pet peeve of mine with regard to when companies announce their devaluations. And I, I think that is a really, really big point because, uh, you know, announcing a devaluation always upsets people. Whenever you change things or take things away, customers always get upset. It's a natural reaction. But of course, if you give people a significant amount of time until those changes are implemented, then at least the customers have have a de- can make a decision on whether they want to pursue that status level or not, or they don't feel that they've they've pursued the status level and now you've changed the rules and. We all know that all of these programs can change the rules. The question is how much time you have when those rules are changing. And just yesterday, Caesars announced that they're going to extend the complimentary access for a few months longer and then create an incentive program if you haven't reached a 25,000 tier to be able to gain the lounge access. So... Caesars is starting to get some pushback on a number of changes. And as I predicted to a couple of people uh, right after we published the Travel Zork article about the changes for 2018, that uh, we thought that there, there would be some pushback and that Caesars would have to go back and and modify those changes. Another big one last year was when they mo- they talked about changes to a seven-star companion passes. Basically, when you reach seven star, you can choose one person to nominate as your seven star companion. And they had eliminated, they had added a number of rules of who could qualify as a seven star companion. I don't remember off the top of my head, but part of it was they needed to be at the same physical address or something or, or had to be related. And it was, it was really rather complicated. And they, they went back on that right away because people got really, really upset about those changes. And I guess. For companies, I, I often wonder why they don't think these things through a little bit more because the negative publicity that they get from making these changes and then having customers get upset and then going back and modifying again just really doesn't make sense to me. Because remember, this group that you're upsetting are supposed to be your most loyal customers where you know this loyalty this status is very important so i think you would want to think very carefully before you would make those changes especially changes that impact a significant number of people so those are my thoughts for now and i'd love to hear your opinions so please you know feel free to reach out on twitter at travelzork or in our facebook zorkcast group And that's all for now. 
You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.